Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 168. Today in our episode, we'll be looking at the theme of a resurrected king. One of the themes of the Bible, we see this in Isaiah in a promise form, we see it in Matthew in completed form, is that God will restore. And he does this because there is a resurrected king, Jesus himself, who has the power to defeat death and the power to bring people who are spiritually dead back to life. And so we celebrate this, we remember this, and we see it, as I said, in its promise form and in its completed form in Isaiah and then later in Matthew. So let's begin in Isaiah 14, verse 1. The Lord will certainly have compassion on Jacob. He will again choose Israel as his special people and restore them to their land. Resident foreigners will join them and unite with the family of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them back to their own place. Then the family of Israel will make foreigners their servants as they settle in the Lord's land. They will make their captors captives and rule over the ones who oppress them. When the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and anxiety from the hard labor that you are made to perform, you will taunt the king of Babylon with these words. Look how the oppressor has met his end. Hostility has ceased. The Lord has broken the club of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. It furiously struck down nations with unceasing blows. It angrily ruled over nations, oppressing them without restraint. The whole earth rests and is quiet. They break into song. The evergreens also rejoice over your demise, as do the cedars of Lebanon, singing, Since you fell asleep, no woodsmen come up to chop us down. Sheol below is stirred up about you, ready to meet you when you arrive. It rouses the spirits of the dead for you, all the former leaders of the earth. It makes all the former kings of the nations rise from their thrones. All of them respond to you, saying, You too have become weak like us. You have become just like us. Your splendor has been brought down to Sheol, as well as the sound of your stringed instruments. You lie in a bed of maggots with a blanket of worms over you. Look how you have fallen from the sky, O shiny one, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the ground, O conqueror of nations. You said to yourself, I will climb up to the sky above the stars of El. I will set up my throne. I will rule on the mountain of assembly on the remote slopes of Zaphon. I will climb up to the tops of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the remote slopes of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They look at you carefully, thinking, Is this the man who shook the earth, the one who made kingdoms tremble? Is this the one who made the world like a wilderness, who ruined its cities and refused to free his prisoners so they could return home? As for all the kings of the nations, all of them lie down in splendor, each in his own tomb. But you have been thrown out of your grave, like a shoot that is thrown away. You lie among the slain, among those who have been slashed by the sword, among those headed for the stones of the pit, as if you are a mangled corpse. You will not be buried with them, because you destroyed your land and you killed your people. The offspring of the wicked will never be mentioned again. Prepare to execute his sons for the sins their ancestors have committed. They must not rise up and take possession of the earth or fill the surface of the world with cities. 
I will rise up against them, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I will blot out all remembrance of Babylon and destroy all her people, including the offspring she produces, says the Lord. I will turn her into a place that is overrun with wild animals and cover, and covered with pools of stagnant water. I will get rid of her just as one sweeps away dirt with a, with a broom, says the Lord's of heaven, Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies makes this solemn vow. Be sure of this. Just as I have intended, so it will be. Just as I have planned, it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. I will trample them underfoot on my hills. Their yoke will be removed from my people. The burden will be lifted from their shoulders. This is the plan I have devised for the whole earth. My hand is ready to strike all the nations. Indeed, the Lord of heaven's armies has a plan. Who can possibly frustrate it? His hand is ready to strike, and who can possibly stop it? This oracle came in the year that King Ahaz died. Don't be so happy, all you Philistines, just because the club that beat you has been broken. For a viper will grow out of the serpent's root, and its fruit will be a darting adder. The poor will graze in my pastures, the needy will rest securely. But I will kill your root by famine. I will put to death all your survivors. Wail, O city gate, cry out, O city. Melt with fear, all you Philistines. For out of the north comes a cloud of smoke, and there are no stragglers in its ranks. How will they respond to the messengers of this nation? Indeed, the Lord has made Zion secure. The oppressed among his people will find safety in her. This is an oracle about Moab. Indeed, in a night it is devastated. Ar of Moab is destroyed. Indeed, in a night it is devastated. Kur of Moab is destroyed. They went up to the temple. The people of Dibon went up to the high places to lament. Because of what happened to Nebo and Mediba, Moab wails. Every head is shaved bare. Every beard is trimmed off. In their streets they wear sackcloth. On their roofs and in their town squares, all of them wail. They fall down weeping. The people of Heshbon and Elilah cry out. Their voices are heard as far away as Jehaz. For this reason, Moab's soldiers shout in distress. Their courage wavers. My heart cries out because of Moab's plight, and for the fugitives stretched out as far as Zoar and Eglath Shilashirah. For they weep as they make their way up the ascent of Luhuth. They loudly lament their demise on the road to Horonayim. For the waters of Nimrim are gone, the grass is dried up, vegetation has disappeared, and there are no plants. For this reason, what they have made and stored up, they carry over to the stream of poplars. Indeed, the cries of distress echo throughout Moabite territory. Their wailing can be heard in Eglam and Bir Elim. Indeed, the waters of Dimon are full of blood. Indeed, I will heap up even more trouble on Dimon. A lion will attack the Moabite fugitives and the people left in the land. Send rams as tribute to the ruler of the land, from Salah in the wilderness to the hill of daughter Zion. At the fords of Arnon, the Moabite women are like a bird that flies about when forced from its nest. Bring a plan, make a decision, provide some shade in the middle of the day, hide the fugitives, don't betray the one who tries to escape. Please let the Moabite fugitives live among you, hide them from the destroyer. Certainly the one who applies pressure will cease, the destroyer will come to an end, those who trample will disappear from the earth. Then a trustworthy king will be established, he will rule in a reliable manner. This one from David's family, he will sure be sure to make just decisions and he will be experienced in executing justice. We have heard about Moab's pride, their great arrogance, their boasting, pride, and excess, but their boastful claims are empty. So Moab wails over its demise. They all wail. Completely devastated, they moan about what has happened to the 
raising cakes of Kir Harasheth. For the fields of Heshbon are dried up, as well as the vines of Zibma. The rulers of the nations trample all over its vines, which reach Jazer and spread to the wilderness. Their shoots spread out and across the sea. So I weep along with Jazer over the vines of Zibba. I will saturate you with my tears, Heshbon and Eliala. For the conqueror invades, invaders shout triumphantly over the fruit and crops. Joy and happiness disappear from the orchards, and in the vineyards no one rejoices or shouts. No one treads out juice in the vine vats. I have brought the joyful shouts to an end. So my heart constantly sighs for Moab, like the strumming of a harp. My inner being sighs for Kir Harseth. When the Moabites plead with all their might at their high places and enter their temples to pray, their prayers will be ineffective. This is the message the Lord previously announced about Moab. Now the Lord makes this announcement. Within exactly three years, Moab's splendor will disappear. Along with her many people, there will only be a few insignificant survivors left. And we'll leave it here. We're actually in the middle of a section here that started with a promise of restoration and then began and then began to go into a, a, a series of oracles or, or prophecies about the destruction that would come to all these different groups. Uh, first, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, now the Moabites and the Philistines as well. And next will be Damascus. And through all these things, God is warning the people that justice is coming, judgment will come. And that there is also in the midst of it, as we saw a, a little bit ago, this promised Savior, this promised Son of David, this promised King to come, this promised One who would restore all things. And we see now as we turn to Matthew 28 who that King is, who that promised King was meant to be and who He is and what He has done, including now in Matthew 28 as we read about the story of Jesus having died, been crucified on a cross, been laid in a tomb, and now we pick it up in Matthew 28 uh, after the Friday uh, execution of Jesus on the cross the Saturday in the tomb, and now the Sunday morning, the the Sabbath. uh, We read about that beginning in verse 1 of chapter 28, Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a severe earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were shaken and became like dead men because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So, They left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them, saying, Greetings! They came to him, held onto his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. While they were going, some of the guards went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. After they had assembled with the elders and formed a plan, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came at night and stole his body while we were asleep. If this matter is heard before the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story is told among the Jews to this day. So 
The eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came up and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. What an amazing chapter uh, as we finish the book of Matthew today in this episode. Seeing Jesus risen from the dead, the women seeing him first, hearing the report uh, given to the disciples, the disciples seeing Jesus, they worship him. Uh, amazingly, some it says some doubted. That's good news for all of us who struggle at times. And then Jesus gives them this final word to go and make disciples of all nations, to go and share the good news of his death and resurrection to share the good news that he is the king who has risen from the grave, that there is hope found in him alone, and to teach people this good news, to baptize them and make them become part of this body of people who believe, part of God's family and his church. And in doing so, all these things point to us to the restoration and the the renewal that only Jesus, by the power of God through the Spirit, can bring. And so this wonderful good news is the good news to share. This wonderful good news is the good news that helps each of us individually. And this wonderful good news is that there is a king. He has died but rose again, and he will one day restore all things. And in the meantime, he sends us to be his kingdom workers, serving him and loving him in light of his great resurrection and the hope that comes from his restoration of all things. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.